Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This episode of the huddle is brought to you by the athletic club oakland my go-to sports bar in the east bay this will be a shock to no one i love watching sports and i love it even more while at a sports bar but to be honest there was a long period of time where i just couldn't find one i really liked i'd hit a spot that had tvs but the food sucked ass or a place that had good food but they wouldn't show the game i wanted and the inside felt dark and depressing It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and call to the town guards. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything. You need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Mason? And our master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going, boys? I am fired up to announce that joining us for the first time. And you guys know I get kind of nervous with first guests. So hopefully this one goes well. But an enormous presence on Golden State Twitter with more than 52,000 followers. A man whose statistics and research I regularly steal to win bar arguments. And a hero who punked the Lakers Central Twitter account last night with a reminder that the fucking Warriors won the title last year. The Warriors Muse. What's going on, Manu? Uh, What's up? Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, man. Come on. The pleasure is ours. And it almost feels like I'm meeting a hidden celebrity. So, like, I've read your Twitter account. What I said earlier is true, dude. I I use your stats and pretend they're mine all the time. But it's always behind the name Warriors Muse. I don't actually know the guy behind the Twitter legend. Um, Tell us about you, man. Let's start this way. What's your name? Yeah. No, my name is Manu, uh, like Ginobili. Um, It's funny. I'm not a Spurs fan, but... um, I've been a diehard Warriors fan ever since I became a basketball fan. Um, so I'm actually from the Philippines, um, born and raised, but I have um, very strong ties to the Bay um, with family living there, stuff. And they've been fans for you know generations. So I just um, I just picked up on that, and I became a fan when I was like five, six. So just in time for We Believe, and from there on out, um, been a diehard fan ever since. 
great timing as far as uh fandom and i'm glad you didn't yeah. say like 2015 the we oh, believe like that's all good dude you know you went through some shitty times and I mean, then uh, I, was, I was six so yeah that's good cool. I, well, I, I, <laughs> I absolutely respect it um and we got to find out more about your warriors fandom because you know like i said man it's your first time on here yeah what sure. initially drew you to the warriors what was it about we believe that uh, caught your attention well, I mean, to be honest, because I was six, all I could remember is just pandemonium, like just things were going crazy. Um, Jason Richardson was my um, first favorite player. Um, I used to watch his like, you know, old dunk contests. Um, I have a framed picture of him. Um, I used to get a lot of his autographed cards. Um, I wear, I wore 23 for varsity high school because of him not because of not because of mj not because of lebron but because of jason richardson so um i mean for the longest time i actually had like a second team which was the team j rich was on so like the bobcats i guess so um it was j rich his crazy dunks baron davis monte ellis like you know i mean the usual um just the heart from we believe that kind of made me become a, a true basketball fan and that, that hasn't stopped since I still haven't forgiven Brendan Wright for the trade that sent oh, Rich out. Yeah. Uh, MT Maxime, yeah. help uh, help me feel a little bit better. Every time Manu says he was six at We Believe, it makes me feel old as fuck, dude. Are you guys <laughs> having that same thing? Is that just me? I mean, I don't, I don't really want to reveal that, but it is what it is. Just you. I was five, so I'm right <laughs> with you. Okay, cut this part. Also, I should have told you up front, Manu, the the go-to vibe in this show is to hate Marcus. So, I mean, whatever you can do, bring as much F you as you possibly can for him. I'm not even going to ask Maxime because he's going to make me feel shitty again. Um, we are in the middle of what we've been calling the intern hunger games. And I should say, for the record, they're going to continue this week. We're still bringing in Spencer. That's absolutely going to happen. But it's not going to happen today. Um, and I mention it only because... One of the things we've been asking these guys as they come on to get a sense of the new team member is what's your favorite Warriors memory looking back? Marcus has asked that to a couple of people. And I'll, I'll share with you when he does, my butthole tightens up because I'm not sure what mine is. Like, I'm not positive immediately when he asks it. So I'm going to give it to you, man. You know, it, it, we don't have to say this is yours for sure. Just the memories that come up. What were your favorite moments? Uh, man, uh, there, there are a ton. Um, obviously. Um, but one that really always comes to mind for me was um, game six of the 2016 Western Conference Finals. So, you know, um, down double digits, second quarter, um, and just clay goes off and off. And it was on my birthday, so not nothing more sweeter than that. That's the, yeah. Dude, I, you and I share a birthday. I turned 18 that day. So, I mean, that's <laughs> awesome, man. Congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, no, but uh, I, I just remember how my body was feeling at that time. Um, on my personal account, I remember, because I, I would always like live tweet like the same way I live tweet now. Um, but I, I just remember, I, I just swore off tweeting for the rest of that game, for the rest of that game, just because I just wanted to focus mentally on the game. And just seeing Clay just really like take control, I... That was the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's an incredible ever. moment. It's an incredible moment. Beautiful. I, I'm Mr. Recency Bias. You'll figure that out as we go on here. Um, and so my answer now to that, I think, as far as favorite Warriors memories. And, you know, and they they stretch back, man. Um, but right now, it's Steph pointing to the ring. 
when, when he's, you know, that, that huge game against Boston and he's letting an entire racist shitty crowd know, <laughs> give me my fucking ring. It's the one that sticks out for me. We haven't asked you boys, but I mean, I'm getting off topic. We might as well do it. MT, Maxime, how would you answer that? Dude? Favorite Warriors memory? Yeah, man. I mean, the the point at the ring is is actually really good. It's also a little bit of, like you said, recency bias, but watching my favorite player like crying, you know, like the culmination of so much emotion, right? Obviously not in that moment when he's pointing at the ring, but shortly thereafter, uh, really, really sort of beautiful. For me, a lot of my early memories are like going to Oracle when, I mean, we were like dog shit bad and sneaking down from the stands, like being up in the nosebleeds. And by the end of the game, like pretty much sitting courtside. Cause I, you know, cause like nobody was there and nobody cared. And it was all really easy. Um, so continuing the trend of, of sort of just being in the arena, um, at that the Memphis game when Steph hit his 408th three to get the season record, um, I was very fortunate to be there for that game. My mom bought me a ticket and we went together and it was a really beautiful experience. So that whole culmination of 73 and nine, you know, 408 threes, uh, it felt like um, just an untouchable uh, Warriors team. And of course it was ultimately touchable, but uh, that was a, a really peak moment for me personally. MT, are you old enough to have any memories? <laughs> yeah, as I say, Maxime's memory. I was only six then, so I don't yeah, really me remember. Too. I'm not even sure when that was. But um, <laughs> now I'm going to pick something a little more abstract. Um, it was the first time, I think, in my memory, and you know, I'd love to hear people chime in. But I think it's the first time Steph shot a shot and turned around before it went in, and it was in a preseason game um, against Orlando before they won a title is that the year that that they were going to win the title for the first time and um i remember steph shot it and he was playing um in you know summer you know preseason games and he turned around to iguodala and was going to give him a high five and i just remember thinking at that moment like oh this dude is different like the amount of fun you have to be having to do that in a real NBA game, you know, real quote unquote for preseason. But um, I just, it stood out to me because I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Like you can tell if you have that much joy and fun playing and in a preseason game, then, you know, um, you know, obviously I didn't know what the next, you know, eight, eight, 10 years um, had after that. But, um, you know, it was just, it stood out to me because I was like, oh, this is going to be a, a bit of a different team for with this player. I actually have here a list of all the times Steph turned around so I can tell you whether or not that was the first. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty sure none of us are going to be able to double check whether or not that was the first. Uh, and I'm going to push us off to the glass half full with this final memory. And it kind of underlines what you were saying, Maxime, separating them between the old days and the new days. My favorite memory from the old days was the only time I can remember Mike Dunleavy getting a standing ovation. And it's when he got thrown out of a game and he ripped off his jersey and threw it into the crowd. And the crowd was just excited that he threw a motion. Like, that he was literally like, oh my God, like, Mike D gives a shit. And we all gave him a standing O. But I digress, boys. Manu, we're going to go into our glass half full. So for this segment, you look back at recent Warriors basketball, give us something you like or you don't like. And I'll go first to give you a little time to think. You know what I like, boys? having Steph Curry back in my life. And let me phrase it this way. Life is routine. You can get used to almost anything. I've never had this experience, but I bet that if you bought a $100,000 Lamborghini and drove it enough, after a while, you would get used to its excellence. It wouldn't seem like this unbelievable thing in your life anymore. You know the exception to that rule? 
Steph fucking Curry. I have watched him now 14 years, 15 years. I have seen him do everything imaginable on the court. Two MVPs, final MVP, everything, everything you can do successfully on the basketball court. And he still has the ability to surprise me, impress me, to show me things I have never seen. So having that back in my life, and this is after a loss, dude, having that back in my life is just phenomenal. So that's where I'll start the bidding. What do you guys got? I, I can go next. Shoot. Um, I guess uh, one one pretty cool thing that I uh, like to see uh, that I um, I'm happy that I saw was um, Steph popping off in in um, crypto because he never has good games there. True. He, I think when they moved when they changed their name to crypto, he scored like he scored 30, 30, 27, and that's like unheard of when he plays on the road in LA. And he dropped 19 in the fourth um, last game, which was pr- pretty solid. He he had a slow start. Um, he missed, yeah, sure, he missed at the end. But um, he, uh, it was nice to see him back. Um, I, I, you clearly see that he still has it. Um, he doesn't have, he doesn't need time to like warm up and stuff. So that's um, pretty nice to get into it because I know that um, when he got back a couple months ago, he was off for a few games. So it's nice to see him, you know. Drop twenty seven right off the bat, just like that. And uh, the third quarter Warriors, uh, at least prior to last game as well. So um, nice to see them have their patented um, dynasty esque runs in the third quarter. I just don't like that they're um, surrendering big leads in the first because, like, they're it's like they have to win another game. They have to tie it and then you know overcome that. And so yeah, we we need to work on that. Dude, you're telling me that as if I haven't like purposely started fights with my wife every day or every first quarter over the last two weeks, dude, because I can't fucking stand watching it. It drives me crazy. Uh, MT, why don't you go next, man? Something you like or don't? Um, I'm going to go half empty. Something I don't like is the um, the way our, our defense is playing against star players. So Anthony Davis, you know, is you know, arguably a, a superstar, um, when he's on the court and he's not in street clothes. So, you know, it's no shot against our defense for not being able to contain him when he gets hot. I don't know if there's any team that can really contain him, but I think it just highlights our, how fragile our run is this year. Um, you know, we miss Wiggins, we miss GP two, we miss a defensive presence. Um, and we just, we're relying on Steph to go nuclear and save us again. He only had 19 in the fourth. If he would have had, you know, 26, 27, you know, who knows, but um, it's just, it's a little scary. And then I feel like it's ominous that when we go up against a team like the Lakers, who we should beat um, when they're missing LeBron and D'Angelo Russell, that, um, you know, to Manu's point, we're, we're down 20 and we have to win the game twice. And, um, you know, like the we defer to Steph so much on the offensive end. We're just waiting for him to be our savior again, whereas the previous five games, at least on that little streak, we had a good balance where Clay and Poole and everybody else was chipping in, DiVincenzo. So, um, you know, I don't think it was a great sign. I think we'll figure it out, but it's it was a little ominous. <laughs> 
I'm going to go with a quick infusion of optimism. I listened back to our last podcast, which I loved. It was a lot of fun. Dylan did a great job. Joe is one of my favorite guys. Loved it. Also, the first 10 minutes were depressing as shit, and the Warriors have never been hotter this year. And so, yeah, I understand that the Lakers lost, and we'll pick that up in a second. But I got to give you something I like because I think it's exceptionally important. You know what I like, boys? that they're giving Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins the exact rest they need it at the exact moment they need it, and they could be welcoming back both of those players fully rested for the exact portion of time we need it. There is a world in which this entire year led up to right now, right now, and they're going to slowly build right back that time, slowly walk back up that title mountain yet again. Um, and so, of course, what you said is right, MT. And all you know, losing to the Lakers sucks ass. Losing to the Lakers without LeBron is worse. And losing to the Lakers without LeBron while Austin Reeves gets calls that Stephen Curry does not is fucking infuriating. But we have to say that the Warriors are heading in the right direction at the exact right time. So it's another thing I like. Maxine? Yeah, a couple of things. One, let's take an, uh, a glass half empty opportunity to uh, to let everybody know. Hop up on our YouTube page. We've started dropping highlights. So one thing that I don't really like is uh, Jordan Poole's um, three for eight. You know, I mean, we could say it's technically three for ten. He had a couple of uh, and a quarter heaves. I think it's v- like I respect that he's taking those. You got to go for it. Who cares about the stats? Um, but I don't love some of the shot selection here. And and I'm not just saying like, listen, you get you have a bad game. We've seen Steph go three for ten, whatever. Um, the concern that I have is that he's now coming off of the bench. And if he can't really make things happen, no matter what role he's in, that's very concerning. It's a good problem to have because we have somebody like Jordan Poole as our sixth man when everybody's healthy. That's phenomenal. But on the flip side, it makes me a little bit concerned because I'm not so sure that he has the maturity to be able to um, step into the role the way he needs to. You know, Iguodala coming in at the other end wins sixth man of the year for us um, in one of his first seasons because he has the maturity to say, oh, okay, like I, I understand this role and I understand that what I need to do to win. Um, but I'm a little bit worried about Jordan Poole. I'm also a little bit worried, I, I'm harping on this as I have in past podcasts, about some of Steve Kerr's rotational decisions. I think it's really strange that he lets... Um, Lamb play through a million of his mistakes, but then Kaminga gets pulled the second he's doing anything wrong. Um, not really sure what's going on there, but uh, I will end on something that I like too. Um, and it's really just like Manu over here being, oh, excuse me, I'm showing the wrong one. Popping off on the Steph Curry uh, crypto stats. It's just like, it's a pleasure to have you here. It's a pleasure to have your voice in it. And I think it's pretty badass that you have that kind of memory to to go back through. I was just, I was worried that we were about to drop into a Bitcoin conversation or something. And instead you're out here actually talking about staples. I'm still not used to calling it crypto, but uh, point aside, pretty cool to see you uh, roll through that like that. So that's my glass half full and half empty. I'm going to underline to make sure that we keep on an optimistic line here. Another thing I like, Iguodala. Not only being back, but being useful. Uh, we we have been con- concerned about what role he was going to play on this team. And we finally saw him back last night doing some Iggy-like things. We were a missed Draymond alley-oop, or not alley-oop, a uh, missed Draymond layup in the first half from one of those quintessential tic-tac-toe um, Fitzgerald Warrior moments. And so it was just good seeing that back. How have you? What's your thoughts on uh, Iggy this year, Manu? Well, I mean... Honestly, it's like, uh, I feel like, you know, kind of, uh, you know, people would say like the Udonis Haslam role. Obviously, Andre is a much more useful player on the court and I feel like off the court as well. But um, I think it's it's been great seeing him back. Um, 
like in the first half in, in just six minutes alone, he was plus 14. Like that's insane. Um, he definitely is a presence. We definitely, you know, need him not necessarily for like, you know, for like 25, 30 minutes. I don't think he's capable of that anymore, but, um, you know, to, to lead them, to guide them. Um, like, let's say if he's on the floor with say Kaminga, you know, he can, you know, mentor him a little bit more and stuff like that. So, you know, him being on the court is still very valuable and I'm glad, I'm still glad we, you know, he's still with us. When you hear me telling either Marcus or Maxime down the line in this podcast that Iguodala was plus 14 in the first quarter, don't bust me out for having stolen that stat from you. I'm going to pretend like it's mine, so please just just let me do it. It is what it is. Boys, to our golden questions. So, Manu, this is our version of a mailbag. Uh, it always deals with the Warriors, occasionally gets personal. I've read these questions. It does both this time, and here's our first quote. Everyone has spent the year trying to figure out if Clay is back, but I think it's time to ask if Clay is better. After these last couple of months, is it fair to say that Clay is playing his best hoop ever? Um, because I'm not entirely positive on how to frame this answer, I'm not going to go first. In fact, I'm going to push it off to MT. He doesn't look ready. Marcus, what do you got, dude? You know, well, Manu and I were just talking about how AD plus 14 in six minutes out. You know, I noticed that too. I noticed that too. That's weird that you guys saw that. That's, you know, I'll, no, I'll bring it back up. No, I'm going to say he's he's not better. Um, I think he's been outstanding. And obviously, you know, he's had the best couple of months of his career offensively. But defensively, um, he's not the same. And I think that is what tilts it back towards he's just having a great year offensively but he's not better um you still see his lateral quickness isn't there um you see players getting by him and getting layups or hitting shots that the old clay would have made a lot tougher defensively i don't know if he would have blocked them or you know they wouldn't have gone in but um clay's not even in the vicinity in some of these shots so um you know i think he still has a ways to go defensively. I don't know if you ever get that back with those kind of injuries. Um, hopefully he will, you know, hopefully that's the last piece that falls back, but um, I don't think he's better. I think he's, he's having a career year offensively, but he's not better because the defensive end. Can we have like some music underneath whenever Marcus talks, it's kind of sad and melancholy. <laughs> and we can just like be slightly depressed whenever he offers an opinion. Um, I'll give you the other side of that ball and I'll start by conceding what Marcus has said. I think he's right. Um, I don't think you're ever going to get that lateral quickness back and what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball isn't as impressive as it was when he was an all defensive team member. But I also think that they don't need that from him in the same way with people like JK on the team who Clay needs to be to help them defensively isn't the same. So I think the net, what he's ultimately adding to the team is better because I think he is better offensively. I think what we've seen these last couple of months underlines that. And it's not just his scoring. The guy is rebounding in a way I don't ever remember him doing, and he's distributing the ball. So again, I mean, I told you, recency bias, that's a portion of this. But I think when we look, you know, if – if we're talking about drafting the player, no, he is, he is not back to where he was. If we're talking about what he does for the Warriors, I think he is. I think we can make that argument. Um, all right, what do you think, Manu? Did we, did we convince you? Which side are you on here? Uh, I, I agree. Um, I agree with everything. Um, yeah, like, fuck you, Marcus. You know, <laughs> his, um, defense, yeah. you <laughs> his, his defense is... Uh, 
isn't as you know stellar as is you know prime days but that's fine um you know we have guys who can do that job he's he's not like a super negative he's not like um he can kind of stand his ground at the same time you know yes he he surrenders a bit but um yeah it's not as good as before but we have the we have the guys around him who can make up for that we have gp2 dante jk wiggins at least you know with a perimeter in the wing and yeah on the offensive side he's probably at his best stretch ever um what the last couple months or at least since 2023 started um i do think though it's because a lot of it's because of circumstance um steph's always played beside him during his like prime days yeah. he rarely got injured steph rarely got injured and when he did katie was probably there at that time so Clay was never Clay never felt that first option type, you know. He never had he never got to shoot like a first option kind of. I mean, he always had like twenty shots a game almost, or a little bit under. But as a true first option type, where he's taking like twenty five to thirty a game or something like that, because you know in the twenty sixteen playoffs we saw a small sample of that, and he took down the Rockets, leading you know leading the way. So. I think if, like, let's say Steph wasn't present for like a bit during 2015-16, Clay would also have a stretch similar to this, plus being much better defensively. But I mean, based on what we're seeing, um, Clay's just been phenomenal, and I'm really happy with how he's been playing. I hope he keeps it up, playoff-wise. Um, I think he wants to bounce back from last year as well, last year's finals. So um, I'm excited for him. Um, I'm happy for him, and yeah, I think best. I think it could yeah, possibly be his best stretch so far, yeah. I love this. Well, I have a question. I have a question. Everybody's healthy. You have championship on the line, game seven. We're playing Boston in Boston, and you have to get a stop. Is Clay Thompson in, in the lineup? Everybody's healthy. I don't think he is. I think GP2, DiVincenzo, I think you add in Wiggins, JK, and Draymond. I don't think Clay cracks that if you need one stop. If you're not going back on the offensive end, you just need one stop. And I think that shows that Clay because Clay setting? would be in there. 2015 Clay, 2016, 17, you know, that Clay is in there, but I don't know if he's in there in this one. In a playoff setting or in a in a regular season game? Fi- game seven finals. Like the like this is like the last shot. Like, yeah, last last shot. Yeah. So we don't we can't call that. Okay. But there, there's no way they'd put they'd put a rookie or a second year player in that scenario. I mean, there's there's no way that I think they would take Clay. Even though, I mean, what you're saying, I understand. I'm picking up um, what you're putting down. I get the the underlying idea. But even then, I think it's Clay, despite his lack of lateral quickness, just because of his mind, and that they they couldn't chance the mistake that J.K. might make. Haha! I had an answer for you on that one. F That's you good. and your surprise question. Yeah, you and Noah are both wrong, but <laughs> I'm sure my boy Noah had my back. Here's my follow up to the clay stuff, um, and I'm going to throw it towards you, Manu. Uh, if you were on a revenge F you tour, if you you know you had all these all these career accolades, you get two injuries, people start to question you. TNT goes public. Barkley has told the world that you're not the player you used to be. And then emphatically, emphatically, man, you, you show the world that he's wrong. Would you be classy and let everybody else do your shit talking? 
or would you be petty and let the world know that he was wrong? Because I'll tell you, I'd be hella petty. You could probably already tell. I'd be crazy petty. I'd start a podcast entitled Bram's the Best, and that's all we would talk about consistently. You strike me as a classy guy. I don't think you would do that, but what's what's the truth? Uh, well, it depends. Um, do we win the chip? If we win, then that's where you get petty. I feel like you stay classy throughout. Like I, on Warriors Muse, I didn't talk. I didn't talk shit until until the second we won, and that's how it is when we win. I I don't say anything because, you know, I'm not. I don't want to jinx it. So, yeah, I th- I think that's how I would approach it. If I mean, Clay could do whatever he wants, obviously, but that's how I would approach it if I were. It's a Steph approach. It's exactly what he did last year, right? Exactly. We didn't hear from him, and then they won a title. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, our second question. I'm excited for this one. I'm a little nervous, and uh, Maxime, since we didn't hear from him in the last one, I'm going to go to you first so you can keep it in mind. Here's the question. Quote, John Morant seems hell-bent on making enough bad decisions to end a remarkably promising career. All said and done, do you think he will be in the league in 10 years? So this is an over-under question, gentlemen. Over-under 10 years how long will Jaw's career be? And just to kind of reset this before we get your answer, Maxime, here's what's going on. So Jaw's in some hot water for a video that surfaced. I think we have that video here. The video seems to show John Morant in a strip club following a game against uh, the Nuggets. And during that video, Jaw waves a gun to the camera. Uh, interesting for a lot of reasons. One, you should not be armed in a strip club. Two, he is literally right now already being investigated for a couple of other firearm charges so that we don't get sued. I'm not going to put this in my words. This is from Yahoo. Uh, and this is about the, the previous two charges before that strip club video we just showed. Quote, in police interviews obtained by the Washington Post, a 17-year-old boy accused Morant of coming out of his house with a gun in his waistband and his hand on the weapon following an altercation between the boy and Morant during a pickup basketball game in Morant's backyard. The other incident involved an exchange with a mall security guard in a parking lot. So three, count them three gun scenarios. You know, we'll see what comes out as far as the facts are concerned. So back to the question, Maxine, what do you think, dude? Over under 10 years for Morant's career. It's got to be over, you know. The, this we're not in a situation yet where, um, listen. I mean, we we know about the allegations of him being violent towards a minor. That's that's not good. That is not 
That is not good. That's tipping the scales. That makes me think about this a little bit. Um, waving guns around. We've heard other stories about this happening before with other players. The thing is, he's 23 years old, and he's already one of the faces of the league. And I think the league is collectively going to look at this. And, you know, there's already reports that people, uh, elder statesmen of the NBA are in his ear telling him, you know, what he needs to be doing. And and you see him right, like right away taking the correct steps, you know, saying like, ah, oh, I'm taking some time away. I need to think about this. I own all of these actions. You know, unlike Kyrie and his bullshit, right, where he doubles down on it or whatever, you see Ja at least publicly taking the right steps, which means that he's listening to the people that is in his ear. You know, right now he's not like, oh, I'm, I'm completely in the wrong, right? Personally, he's probably dealing with some conflict internally about what this is about. But I think ultimately, if he's listening to the people that are in his ear and you know that the NBA has the right people in his ear, he's going to be in the league for a long time because he's an incredible talent on the court. MT, do you agree? I, I do, but it's kind of his background and his family. Like I don't, he he went to private school. His his family was, you know, arguably upper middle class. Like uh, Shannon Sharp said, it, he's like, that's you know, you're not about that life. And it's it's what he's portending to. And I don't think that that is sustainable for him. It's 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 not who he is. It doesn't sound like it's who he is. Um, but, you know, he's young. He's got money and he's young and he's getting caught up in the hype of it. I think the elder statesmen and the people who are going to be in his ear, including his dad, um, will put him on the right path and he's got a long time to to correct it. So um, will he still be as talented and in the league when he's 33 years old, which is over nine years? Yes. Um, but, you know, he's right now he's only earning 12 million and only quote unquote, you know, for 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 us, but in NBA terms, you know, once his new contract kicks in and he's making over, you know, 30, close to 40 million, it's just going to put him in a different stratosphere again. And he's going to, you know, start to, to move in different circles. So um, he hasn't had enough time to move away from the circle. That's uh, a bad influence. And I think with more money and time, he will, and um, he'll be in the league because of that. We're going to go to you next, Manu. I'm going to give, I'm not even going to disagree. Uh, for sake of optimism, I'll say over. Hater aside, which is what I play on this and who I generally am. Um, I mean, I'm rooting for Ja Moran, incredible talent, and want to see him ultimately succeed. If I was going to say why it would be under, I'll give you an argument for it. There's a reason why I gave you those first two charges. You know, if, if what we're calling this really, no one's used the phrase, but I'll, I'll say it, wake-up call, right? This should be a wake-up call. Well, fuck, how many does he need? You know, this is not the first gun charge. The first one supposedly was pulled on a 17-year-old kid at his house, at his house. And while they were doing that, this is when he inadvertently decides to just flash a gun on a, on a video, on one he was taking on his own. It wasn't like some sideline video. He decided to put that on there. And I don't know this for sure, but I can put two and two together. They most likely took the team plane to the game in Denver. And unless a friend of his brought the gun, that gun probably made its way on the team plane as well. So are there reasons for me to say, or for me to be less optimistic about his ability to grow from this? Of course there are. I read them to you before we gave our responses, but you know, I, I'm I'm rooting for him, so I'll take the over as well. Uh, we go to you, Manny. What do you think, dude? Over, under? Um, I, I agree uh, with everyone. Um, over. Um, I mean, four years already. Um, he's already like almost halfway there, and I think um, 
I guess from a career standpoint, not even taking into account everything, you know, he's done recently. Longevity is more prevalent than ever. Um, I mean, yeah, what he's done recently, you know, uh, kind of messed up stuff. But I do think, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, he'll, he'll find a way to bounce back. I know, I feel like, um, yeah, once that new contract kicks in, like um, like what MT said, um, I think, I think, yeah, he'll, move, he'll start to move in different circles. And, you know, after that contract, he only has, what, three more years left to make that 10 years. And I think that's very manageable for sure. A different circles take is a good one. Um, I'll give you credit for that, MT. All right, I got our personal question here, but one last Warriors-related one before we do. And I'll share with you, man. We've been kind of kicking this same question around more than once throughout the year because the answer keeps changing. So the question is, if you're going to bet something significant to you, rent payment, mortgage payment, something big, and you had to bet on only one of these two, either the Warriors lose in the first round of the playoffs or the Warriors go to the finals, which way would you boys bet? Like finals and lose? They, they make it to the finals or they don't make it out of the first round. Which one of those two do you think is more likely? Oh. Um... I mean, I don't like saying things because I, I feel like I'm I'm scared I might jinx things. I like so. I like your I like I sh- I am with you on that. I like I will do things like if I'm watching the fo- the game on my phone and they're coming back, even if I get to the house, I'll just continue to watch on the phone because I think like somehow I'm magically impacting the the, exactly, the game. No, so exactly if you it. think answering this question will somehow impact their chances, don't answer it, dude. We'll just go to Marcus. That's fine. All right, we'll we'll keep uh, we'll keep Manu's guess secret. MT, where are you at? Well, I have those same superstitions, but I'll still answer it. At the <laughs> yeah, risk. The radio is just crazy. silent right now, so yeah, give me something. I'm the same way though. I'll check the score if they're up and they're winning. Then I'll only check the score on that, and I won't close the window out. And I'll just be like, okay, <laughs> keep you know the the answers implied here. All right, so don't answer it, right? I, and I because I'm the same way, and instead I'll just fill this air with a stupid story. I'm like this as well, so much so this is a few years back. I was in Vegas, had money on a game. We weren't watching it; we were in the car, and the the team I had money on was slowly coming back. And a friend of mine in the front, I'm talking to him about it, and he goes, "Oh, I have League Pass. I can pull it up on my phone." And I told him, "No, you're going to change the energy. Do not." He did, and I lost the bet. We had a huge fight. Like he fight. You're like to this day, I still. I feel that. I feel that. It's it's bullshit, right? Like yeah. he shouldn't have done that in any way. It's completely ridiculous. Uh, I'll, I'll answer it without going into that same category as that not to be mentioned friend. I will say I think the answer to if it, is it first round or finals depends on the matchup in the first round. Um, there's some teams that Very are scary true. out there, and we may not match up well against in the first round. I won't say who just. To, and then say, you know, to save any jinxes, but um, who we're matched up against, I think will go a long way um, if if we make it out of the first round. We'll revisit it when we get a little bit closer. And one of the questions I'm going to ask you down the line is, you know, pick somebody we want, pick somebody we don't, but not today. Today, we go to our judgment theater question. This is our personal one. So here's the actual question. Quote, huddle dogs. Let me pause. Everybody knows I love when they use that name. Going back over, uh, Huddle Dogs, I need your ruling. I know real fans watch every game regardless of their t- uh, regardless if their team is getting their ass kicked, but is it okay to fast forward through a blowout? I've found myself on tape delay the last couple of weeks, and I've fast forward through most of the first quarters. Is this acceptable? 
And then it says, parenthetically, I think I know what Bram's crazy ass will say, but I need the responses anyways. I'm not sure they needed to add that parenthetical response. <laughs> so don't answer yet, man. And what we do in Judgment Theater is we have a personal question like this, but then we guess what any of us would otherwise do. So you can start with me, all right? Game's going. Look forward to it. The Warriors are losing. Do I feel the need to watch everything on regular speed, or will I fast forward when the Warriors are losing? What's the guess? Uh, I think uh, you will watch every sec- second of it um, just because I feel like you can always take stuff out of the game. I mean, even if we're down, um, you can see things that are nice, um, things that you don't want to see um, for the rest of the game. And, um, you know, you never know. War- Warrior games really like um, run runs happen in a blink of an eye. So you never want to miss out on that. MT? Um, the opposite. I think you immediately turn off. You don't even fast forward. You just turn off the game and then you check the score on your phone just to make sure that it's still a blowout. If they somehow come back, then you'll fast forward and you'll turn it back on and go to the part where we're back in it. But otherwise, you're just in a pissy mood and you're yelling at your wife and daughter and throwing stuff at the wall. I mean, I don't know if we had to have that last part. We're yelling at my wife and daughter. Um, so fun fact, you guys are both right, which is a super weird way to put it. So here's what normally happens. That we start up a game, the Warriors go on one of those terrible first quarter runs. If I'm watching it on my computer, I will slam the computer thing down or I will turn it off super angrily. Like, I hate this and I can't stand it. Also, I don't scream at my wife or daughter. I'll, I'll have you know. And then I'll wait there and I'll be all pissy. Then I'll turn it back on. And I'll fast forward, you know, I'll, like I'll go through to find out ultimately what happens. I'm the kind of guy where if I got a book I'm enjoying, I'll read the final page just so I know how it like how it ends. I, I do know that. And then win, lose or draw, I'll go back and watch the whole thing again uh, because we got to talk about it here and because, you know, you you want to see it. So I'll, all of all of the above, you know, I absolutely fast forward. I'm absolutely rage filled. And then I'll go back through with a fine tooth comb and uh, enjoy every portion. Let's go to MT for sure. For sure. He'll fast forward. Um, I don't think it happens frequently. I think he'd save his time. I think that it, when they are awful more often than not, he'll just shut it down and then read the box score and get a sense of what went down. But if he has one taped, Will he fast forward occasionally? Yes, I say definitely yes. Manu, uh, I think the same. Uh, I think the same the way I answered. Uh, I think watch every second of it, just so you know, in real time, you can figure out you know ways to get better, and you know possible trends that could be improved for the rest of the game. Here's a newsflash. I'll be guessing that you've watched every second when we come to you. There's not a whole lot of question <laughs> there, but we go to Marcus. What's the truth? Yeah. Definitely fast forward. Occasionally isn't even accurate. It's every single time without fail. (laughs) It's just so frustrating. It's like it's not worth me getting into a a mood about it. So I fast forward it. um, And then if, you know, they're playing better and they catch up, then I'll keep watching it from there. But I don't need to watch us, you know, the the (laughs) pool YOLO threes and the careless turnover is like there's why would i want to watch that like on purpose like is this going to make me upset i'd rather watch us coming back and play better and then you know like you said go to the box score and 
watch some of the highlights so that I can hopefully sound semi-intelligent on this podcast. I'll even, I'll jump the line occasionally. If I don't do these, like slam the computer screen down, I'll preemptively fast forward. Like they'll throw, they'll be like only down four or something. And Draymond will throw a terrible turnover. I'm like, fuck. Like I start fast forwarding right then knowing that like, oh, here it comes. Oh, we're doing it all again. All right. We turn to Manu. This one's a slam dunk for me. He watches every second of every game. No fast forwarding. On his side, MT, do you agree? Oh yeah, you don't you don't call out a stat that Iggy's plus fourteen in six minutes if you're not watching every single. No, hundred percent. And you're not you're not doubling down after you've heard me say I'll, I'll occasionally like just not watch the game at all and turn it down. And then him saying, "Well, no, no, you're still supposed to watch all of it." So I say he watches every second. What's the truth, Manu? Plot twist. Uh, not always. <laughs> yeah no um maybe if it's a win then i'll, I'll watch it knowing if I, if I find out it's a win then i'll watch it knowing that like okay better things happen but if it's a loss uh sometimes i don't even want to watch like you know the first quarter at all or even the first half so or i just watch like individual player highlights sometimes but i mean okay. sometimes if i need to like if i really want to analyze some stuff then I'll, I'll look back i'm so impressed by that answer then I'm going to admit you, I was trying to impress you. I don't always go back and watch the whole thing, dude. Sometimes, like, I don't want to watch those losses. I just thought I felt some pressure. I wanted you to think that I was, like, this super fan. But now that you've said that, I can come clean. Manu, really appreciate you. I am sure I'm not the only one who needs way more Warriors Muse in their life. For those out there looking for more of your content, where do they go? On uh, Warriors Muse, it's just Warriors Muse on um, Twitter. Warriors Muse on Instagram. Um, we're, Instagram isn't that big yet, um, but it's at like around 500 followers. It was just made recently. I don't really post there that much, but um, majority of my stuff is on Twitter at Warriors Muse. Um, same name down there, no spaces and stuff, but um, sorry, underscores. But yeah, uh, you can find me there. I'll, I'm pretty active. So, and if you, you know, if there's any stat, if you're looking for any stat, DM me and I, I think I could help. I can confirm that is true. If you're looking to win some bar arguments, that's the account you yeah. need to be. If you, if you need, if you need any argument, you know, for Steph, come to me. Uh, I got you. <laughs> I, I have we, all the ammo. For us, you want to get us a question? Let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job. You can shoot that to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. Our right now, our biggest social media is on Twitter. That's at Warriors Huddle. But we are expanding, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as you know, the intern Hunger Games is uh, already in action. We hopefully will be choosing some winners in the next couple of weeks. And the second that happens, our coverage will expand. Our YouTube page is doing a lot of exciting things. Um, and we have both a Instagram and a TikTok account in the works. But with that in mind, go Warriors. And hopefully, we'll see you next week. Good, good. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.